Welcome to the Rest and Recovery Podcast, where we look to educate, equip, and empower the listener with tools and tips from some of the foremost ex- experts in effective rest and recovery so we can live this one life well. Hey, welcome to episode 56. I speak with Rachel Lett. She's a certified chef, registered nutritionist, and the chief care officer at a new application called Span Health, in which she and her co-founders are on a mission to dialing in and personalizing nutrition. It's something that we can all benefit from, and we dig into her own uh, use of food to aid her recovery from cancer, uh, and how food affects mood among many other things and how we get there is really understanding ourselves and how we are infected by food and what it does to us and just being aware of those things so we'll dig into that and uh, check out the app it's span.health and you can learn more thank you for listening remember be rested be well All right. Well, with me is Rachel Lett. Uh, she's a certified chef, a registered nutritionist, and an expert in gut and metabolic health. She's also the co-founder and chief care officer, like to know what that is, at Span Health. So Rachel, thank you for joining me. No, thank you so much for um, having me here. I'm really excited to chat with you. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to digging into kind of nutrition and, and obviously that's your area of uh, experience and expertise, but Let's explain what SPAN is, and we'll get to kind of how it helps uh, on that side. But what is the mission of SPAN Health? Yeah, so it's um, it's SPAN Health. I guess maybe um, shall I speak about how it kind of came about and kind of where, um, you know, ourselves and the co-founders. It's definitely come from a, a place uh of passion and our own kind of experiences so patrick uh the co-founder he had pre-diabetes and um he uh, restored his health um through making dietary and lifestyle changes and he's an engineer by trade so he's um you know loves kind of finding the root cause of the issue and, and data as well yeah. and then patrick a medical um doctor um, as well as really interested in longevity and actually, um, you know, improving health through other means than, than medicine. Um, and then myself, um, I had uh, cancer when I was younger, when I was a child, oh, wow. and uh, it was Hodgkin's lymphoma. So that's um, a cancer of the lymphatic system and immune system. And so I got, I was diagnosed when I was 10 and then it relapsed again when I was 12 and then 16. Um, and, you know, so it was, if for, you know, Hodgkin's lymphoma is typically the best cancer you can get if you're going to get cancer. Yeah. It's the most, uh, it's the most curable and, right. and uh, responds very well to treatment. And I did respond really well to treatment. Um, but obviously it's kept coming back. And so, um, I yeah went through the treatment that was that and then left school and I went to study um I went to culinary school and uh, really interested in food nutrition I think from that early age as well of just um you know feeling I think in my gut that 
there was more to this that meets the eye and actually trying to use food to restore my health yeah, even yeah. as like a little one you know I was really trying to find the answers and I loved um cooking growing up on a farm as well so I uh yeah went to cooking school and then did nutrition after that and then it was about so I uh last had it when I was 16 and then about nine years later I um had another relapse um so that was a real like uh yeah it was a big big kind of shock and I think at that moment I was you know older and I had done some nutrition and I was in a, a very lucky uh space and time where I could stand back and say actually you know what and um, the treatment has been great it's been effective but it's not dealing with the uh the issue and getting yeah. to get, you know, the root cause of it yeah. exactly yeah so um that kind of led me down this trail of just trying to find what was going on and experimenting a lot with different things and reading a lot with uh you know Dr Natasha Winters and um, you know really into that space of of nutrition lifestyle and cancer mm-hmm. and uh and then you know just continuing to experiment and and I said to myself I was like I'm just going to give it you know let's let's try and so low carb being kind of the one of the main okay Uh, let's try it for a month and let's let's see how I feel and you know there's no kind of have to do this forever right but let's start there and see what happens and lo and behold you know after that month I just felt great you know and I noticed symptoms also that I had pushed down for so long we're starting to um resolve themselves not you know just in that month but you know uh more than that as well but say you know things I had like and I had like dark kind of marks at the back of my neck and for me I thought oh you know I didn't think much of it sure I thought linked with the treatment yes Uh, but of course I had loads of steroids during my treatment Right. And not realizing at the time that actually I probably had, you know, insulin resistance and but not actually having a diagnosis, but having these these symptoms from from that treatment. So, yeah, lo and behold, all these things started to, uh, you know, slowly get better. And and I was starting, I guess, to pick up on things which I I hadn't noticed before because yeah because you do that you're kind of in this cloud of of noise and inflammation that you don't you know notice the difference and I mean when you live like that for so long it's just you almost become it almost becomes part of your identity unfortunately exactly yeah exactly and it's not until you step back from it and you feel better that you're like gosh I I really felt that bad for that long and uh, so all these things started to sort of improve and you know my thyroid was shot from all the radiation and even that you know I wasn't getting tired my hair was starting to get thicker all these things started to happen so actually in a very roundabout way um the cancer relapse diagnosis was a savior in the sense I could deal with all these other things that were going on which I had pushed down for so long so, you know, that's kind of how I look at, uh, you know, all these symptoms that we have is actually, it's not a, uh, 
you know, it's not a vendetta against you having right. X, Y, and Z. It's actually a really big invitation from your body to say, hey, let's have a look at what's going on and let's, yeah. you know, get you better. Um, so that for me was a big kind of learning curve. So I did that for a really long time. And I guess also having in the end, I did have, so I didn't have treatment for about 10, 10 months. Um, and then I eventually did have treatment, but very, very soft treatment, I guess you could say. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they responded super quickly to it um, in the sense that they hadn't seen that before. How quickly it just melted away and was able to actually continue my treatment for much longer than than other people could because I was responding um you know, by doing fasting and low carb, I was protecting my healthy cells yeah. uh, through the treatment. So actually I didn't have those side effects like other people do have. So I think through that journey was such a kind of, it was a frustration that I had only been given one option before, which was treatment, uh, right. you know, and actually there were so many other things that you can do and to experiment with on their own but also you know as an adjunct to therapy to um to treatment yeah so, exactly yeah exactly yeah so it was really um and then I met Patrick and Adam who had started with span and they were looking for a nutritionist and uh kind of going from there really and it's what we're yeah leading on to what we're kind of doing now <laughs> no, it's an important backstory to understand both for you and Patrick and really anyone listening is like, we all have our own quote unquote backstory, right? Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. We all want that, uh, be able to wake up and kind of spring out of the bed in the morning like, and, and have that, you know, energy level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, it's, it's, um, giving people that option. So informed consent of, you know, of you could do this and and you know that those are the side effects you could do this and um these are the benefits and the risks you know for everything and actually giving people options for their health um and having you know through our own kind of we're all the three of us so into experimenting with different uh protocols and seeing how our body responds and we use data a lot uh, you know, to figure out what actually works and what makes us tick. Yeah. Um, so it's through that that span, we want to create a place where people can do that as well. But through a guide, you know, the guidance of um, a nutritionist and a doctor and helping people navigate, you know, what protocol should I start with? Um, because we have, I guess, people who come to us who, you know, aren't sure where to start. They don't know. Yeah you know, what protocol to do, or there are people also who, who are actually quite involved in the, um, say, biohacking space, or they know about fasting, or they know about uh, grounding, or whatever it is, but they don't know where to start and how that applies to them as well. Yeah, you that, know, and that last little bit, right? Exactly, yeah, and kind of piecing it together, um, you know, and, and mapping it out. I think when we, you know, sometimes when we look at an ailment, you say like IBS, for example, and you can you just focus on 
say, um, the intestine or the microbiome, but you're not taking into account the whole, the whole system. And you know, is it coming from your um, your stomach, your stomach acid? Um, is it like from the mouth, your saliva, all of these things, your liver, everything coming into play? So looking kind of at the person completely holistically, and um, you know, trying to pick up on these these you know, earmarks of things that might have a relationship with, with something else and actually trying to, to map it all out and get to the root of the problem and start with the right protocol and supporting someone in the right way. Because you can, for gut health, for example, you could jump in with throwing loads of probiotics um, at your gut, but actually, right. you know, that's not kind of treating the whole system or supporting, you know, that detoxification. Uh, as well, which is so important. So doing it gradually. Yeah. Slowly. I, you know, that's an important point. I think you make is like, there's a, um, getting to the details, right. Peeling back that proverbial onion, because yeah. there are a lot of good things out there that do things well, whether it's naturalistic or like you're saying, some of these modern things that may have other side effects, but really understanding which one is best applicable for you. That personal exactly. approach. Yeah, exactly. Peeling, yeah, you said it in one, like peeling back the layers of yourself and getting to know, you know, yourself and what what actually then um, applies and is going to be targeted as well. And I think we find that a lot where uh, people have really, um, really enthusiastic about saying starting a, a fasting regime or something like that. But actually, um, and you could go all guns blazing and say, okay, I'm going to delay breakfast by like six hours straight away and uh but actually you know that might not necessarily be the right approach if you're then eating dinner at say like 10 o'clock just before you go to bed or something like that so it's right yeah (laughs) so it's it's doing these um you know finding and pulling on people's levers of where they're strongest as well um you know maybe you um, you have hunger issues and actually you need to really work on your diet before you even start um, fasting. And, you know, maybe fasting isn't your strong point because actually you have, uh, you know, higher blood glucose levels um, and actually we need to start to resolve those hunger hormones before you even begin to think about fasting because it's just going to end up in tears of not kind of being able to, to do it. Yeah. So, um, and it's almost a good description of almost, uh, you know, we're only, you know, it's April as the date of this recording. So we're in a new year, that new year's resolution where you end up going too hard, too fast, too soon. Exactly. And then you end up not following through and you continue. And then you think, well, that didn't work. Yeah. Well, it may have been good intentions misapplied. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and just doing it as well, you know, one it's, yeah, like you said, it's just so tempting to jump in and do it like, you know, all or nothing and I'm in, but actually, and that's, you know, part of a span as well is, is actually just really stripping it back and just doing it one step at a time and then having that data behind you to see how you're responding to that because otherwise if you if you do too many things at one time it's just far too noisy to know what's actually moving the needle in the right direction 
right. and what's working. So how does so think, how do you enable people from that coaching perspective, right? That that I'll call it the human element, but like our mindset around getting into it because we feel say we feel bad, right? And we want to fix. We would love it to happen tomorrow. How do you encourage that patient persistence? Oh, a great question. I think um, education and knowledge of the processes of how the, um, what you're, so the, the knowledge in the physiological process of what's happening on the bigger picture, but also in the smaller picture in say, you know, okay, this is what we want to do in the long term, but this small experiment, this is what's going to happen now with your physiology to then get to that point. And um, I think it's, it's helping people understand that they can, because it comes a lot from perfectionism, I think yeah. as well, is yeah. wanting to have everything done at one time and, and have it perfect. So it's also encouraging the individual that let's make this perfect, this one thing, and let's just look at the data as well. And that's the real motivator, I think, as well, is when you, you see it in black and white, just this tiny thing that you're doing. And then, you know, then you get excited about, okay, what's the next step? But right. also it makes you want to continue it, uh, which is part of, part of, you know, habit stacking as yep. well. <laughs> and just, uh, you know, one thing at a time. Um, which is part of the app so so people you know we we set people on one experiment and then if it goes well for them if it makes them feel good uh we add that to their habit and um, or we we work on making that a habit yeah. and then we add in another thing so slowly but surely just layer in in these um habits but i think um giving people insights as to what's happening in their own body is really powerful and helps people, you know, be like, okay, this is, you know, what I'm doing right now. It might seem yeah. small, but it is actually helpful. Yeah. And I think you mentioned the knowledge piece is understanding the why, like why exactly. you feel a particular way. Like it, it, it's like this epiphany. I know for me with certain things, I, we've gone gluten-free over the last six, seven years. And yeah. I, you kind of mentioned it, not to relate it to your experience, but like how you felt. I, I realized early on, I started drawing connection to how I felt before when I was eating it, I stopped and then restarted and you feel that connection again. And then it makes sense. You're exactly. like, oh, I felt like this because of, and you see the connection point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. And that was exactly the same for me, um, was, is that reflection on how I felt before. And, and actually, you know, uh, Sometimes people will say like, oh, I, I had a, a really, um, or, you know, Easter, Easter came and I, you know, had loads of chocolate, X, Y, and Z. And I was like, you know what, that's totally, that's totally fine. And actually, the most important thing now is just to listen into your body and how you responded to it and take note of it, you know, the good and the bad things. And, you know, did it move the needle in the right direction? Is it kind of getting you to where you want to be? And kind of really focusing on that. Um, I think how it made you feel is a very kind of um, natural way for positive and negative reinforcement for yeah. that food um, and not uh, 
I guess, you know, putting kind of labels on food as being bad or good, um, but actually just eating more to what, what makes you feel great. Yeah. Um, better best, eating, right? Say, say again? Better best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, leaning into the, the positives and what actually makes you, makes you feel good. Yeah. And, you know, and again, you know, you speak to some of it where perfectionism, not making things absolutes. Yeah. Where it's like either or, like there may be things that you really enjoy. I'm a certified ice creamaholic. Yeah. But I know how I feel after. So I have had to reduce the amount or when I have it, but at least I understand, hey, I'm not going to feel or I'm going to feel a certain way afterwards, right? I'm yeah. sluggish or whatever, but don't abstain from it, but maybe reduce it a lot, right? Or have yeah. a special moment. Exactly. You know, it, limiting it. And, and just again, um, we use um, uh, ACT behavior chain, which is kind of like, we call it kindness uh, method, which is, is actually just focusing on, uh, you know, not kind of looking back and beating yourself up about uh, mm -hmm. things, but actually, you know, riding the wave in the moment and, and knowing what's kind of going on when you're eating something, you know, what are the triggers? What are the environmental triggers? And then thinking about, you know, your goals and, and your ambitions in life. And it could be, it could be completely non-food related, what your ambition is and just kind of working towards that and actually having that positive outlook yeah. uh, to get you to that place. Yeah. Is, um, yeah. So we're kind of talking around it. Maybe um, if you would speak a little bit around nutrition and mindset or the mood. And oh yeah. The interconnection there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, get gut health. I mean, a big, big one, which I think you're alluding. Yeah, to um, absolutely. And I think you know when we uh, gut has such an impact on how we. Uh, feel um, every day and we kind of associate I think gut health a lot with uh, conditions like say um, you know constipation diarrhea bloating all of these things and what we kind of don't realize is the impact on all these other processes in our body like inflammation um, our appetite um, as well and uh, our our mind and our, our mental health um, and having, you know, the right uh, microbes there and, and that then can um, trigger serotonin from the gut traveling up through the vagus nerve, which okay. is like the super highway communication to our brain uh, and making, making us feel um, uh, brighter and happier. And uh, you know, it's it's in the same way as well when you think of your mind and how you get that butterfly feeling in your stomach, which I think everyone can kind of relate to. Right. It's the very same from our gut. Um, and even just as well on a, on a blood sugar balance level as well, you know, with anxiety and, you know, what we eat uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you have, you know, too much uh, carbohydrates or refined sugar, uh, you can notice sometimes that you you get this jitteriness and kind of irritability yes. um, after you have them. And that has a direct effect on, you know, how you feel. And then also 
later on in the day and, and when you go to bed and your circadian rhythm and your sleep. Uh, so it has a huge impact on, on you know, all these kind of elements of your, your mood and, and how you feel. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned uh, earlier too, and we just kind of talked on it now, which is timing, right? And, you know, when you were referring to the example of kind of fasting, eating dinner too late, there's a connection there as it relates to sleep and preventing your body from doing what it needs to do when you're yeah. right. I mean, just, I think we think a lot more about our brain uh, winding down before bed and, uh, you know, not having blue light and screens and, and just having that kind of wind down moment before you go to bed. But the same is for, um, you know, our organs as well, where if we're eating um, too late at night, it's not giving our organs enough time to to wind down our body enough time to cool down, uh, which then triggers our our um, our sleep and our um, sleep pattern and our hormones to support that. So, yeah, so important. I mean, and it's such a simple thing as well. Well, I say simple, but um, you know, just eat, like uh, reducing your eating window at night by you know one hour. And then slowly increasing that over time till you kind of hit that three plus hours before you're going to bed. Okay. Um, but yeah, it has a, uh, you know, if you have an aura ring or something like that, you can test it out, you know, have, have a meal a little bit earlier and see how your uh, heart rate variability is. Um, yeah, that's a great point. The experimenting, right? To just exactly. trial things out. Yeah, I use a, a device, BioStrap. And I've uh, been using that lately. Um, yeah. It's definitely been interesting where I, I'm like, why did I sleep so poorly? And then I think the night before I was like, oh, yeah, I had ice cream. And even like it can be something. So, you know, if people don't have devices as well, I think it's, uh, you know, having those moments just to check in on yourself on a day to day basis and actually picking up on the on the, you know, small things like I was saying there for years and years that I um you know had all these symptoms and I didn't even kind of I didn't pay attention to them maybe for one I was like well thank god I got through the treatment I can deal with all these other things and yeah. you know and I actually just I guess I probably didn't even think there was enough you know uh, an option to even get rid of them I just thought they were part of me um yeah. which I think is for a lot of people that they feel that uh, their symptom and um, hunger actually being a big one where I think people believe that they're innately hungry or greedy say all the time but actually um, you know it's our hormones that are that are coming into play and our hormones are something that we can change um, but yeah I think just even a simple thing like checking in on yourself and just seeing how you're feeling on a day-to-day -day basis can have a huge uh impact in, in you know you don't need the all these devices either yeah yeah i mean yeah. they're wonderful but they can definitely have you know their own um unintended consequence uh, yeah yeah times. but it's definitely yeah. good that we can you know like span to be able to be prescriptive and be really dialed in to you individually not this one size fits all yeah yeah exactly um which 
you know, is the problem, isn't it, with anyone who goes on to Google is just trying to find the right answers for them and how it fits in. Um, and I think also within that health and wellness space, it can have this idea too that it's it's trying to uh, change you kind of in a way. Right. Whereas actually what we're trying to, you know, dieting or whatever it might be. And it's like, you know, a new person, a new you, whereas actually that's not what you want to achieve. You want to just evolve yourself yeah. and, and to be, you know, an optimized in how you're feeling. So I think that's, you know, part of the mindset as well is, is saying we don't want you to be a different person. We want you to be you, but let's help you feel better yeah, and, and not kind of changing things. It's a great right. distinction on how you view it. You know, it's almost like a half full view of like, we're not changing you. We're enabling you to understand yourself better. So then you know which pieces fit better so you can feel the way you want. Exactly. Yeah. And completely a, a partnership as well with the individual, um, you know, where I think a lot of the time where you go to a doctor or whatever, and you're given a, a sheet, say, do this, do that. And there's no kind of um, understanding maybe from the individual, well, why am I doing this? Yeah. But also, you know, do you want to do this? And, you know, we'll often ask people like, we can do X, Y, and Z. And do you want to do this? And, and what are you kind of happy doing? And, you know, what's going on with your life? So it's very much a partnership and knowing what's going on with them and working together on. Yeah. And that's a really good point too, on the, where the individual is in the process, like their own mindset to be willing to move forward. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And pulling on, again, pulling on the lead, the levers that they feel comfortable uh, with and fits in their lifestyle. Yeah. Um, because not everyone wants to, um, you know, fast or take a cold shower or whatever it might be so yeah it's really you know finding uh finding ways for works in their lifestyle and what makes them tick as well yeah so i'd be interested to get your perspective as a nutritionist i've not done research on it but it occurred to me craving you mentioned hunger so cravings like where yeah. does that come from like i mentioned ice cream already twice yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i have these sweet cravings that i used to uh Almost like I was, you know, I joke around saying like I was a, a pregnant woman desiring something at, you know, that cravings at night. What yeah. is driving that? I think cravings are super interesting because sometimes they can be, uh, you know, your body's way of saying, um, I need this nutrient. <laughs> like, please, can I have it? Um, I think sugar is sort of a, a separate one sometimes because it's um you know often dictated by the you know your blood sugar balance and when your blood sugar when you have something um uh carbohydrate rich or maybe you know maybe actually you're following a low carb diet but you're particularly stressful you've had a poor night's sleep and your blood sugars are spiking and then your insulin from your pancreas is kicking in and bringing your blood sugars down. And so it's causing this wave in blood sugars and your hormones, so insulin and then uh, ghrelin, which is our hunger hormone, um, and wanting us to, to eat more. Um, so often kind of, I think sugar cravings do come from 
that blood sugar kind of roller coaster, um, which can be from stress and sleep also, which is something that I think people uh, don't think about in, you know, when they are following a very kind of healthy diet and, and they're like, I'm doing everything by the book, but I'm still, you know, having hunger or, or sweet cravings. Like, well, how have you been sleeping or is there anything stressful happening at the moment? And then there's, you know, other kind of, uh, you know, deficiencies like chocolate, for example, <laughs> might be a magnesium deficiency. It's a really rich source of magnesium. If you're chowing down uh, salt and vinegar crisps, maybe your electrolytes are, you know, out of out of whack as well. So I think it's really interesting to think about these different foods and actually what is in that food and why you may be craving it. That is really interesting. Um, that you know, it's it, it's that the why behind it all. Like, why do I crave a particular thing? And it's you're you're basically saying it's a deficiency in your system right then and there. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is kind of fitting that or the ice cream or the chips or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And the same kind of going as well, I think too, on the other end of it, if you have a real aversion to a particular food, that can also be, you know, a sign that, um, you know, something might be up with your digestion uh so like fats for example and sometimes proteins as well people it makes them feel really really nauseous just the the thought of it and having meat or like especially fatty meat or um avocado or anything like that so uh that in itself is you know a big kind of marker that hey your liver and your bile um ducks they need some might need some tlc or your stomach acid if it's protein so, you know, all these kind of behaviors um, around food are also, you know, big kind of signs that something might be um, up with your system. And actually, let's take a closer look at that. Wow. So so that circles back for me, the mindset and kind of you know, the psychology, but like understanding things like depression and yeah. other other mood related elements that food can have an important yeah, factor in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like for, I mean, depression, um, B12 is, is often, you know, a big one deficiency. So kind of, you know, leaning into these pathways, you know, getting tested, getting your blood results and seeing, um, seeing what's on there. Now I know if I'm craving chips, I need to drink an electrolyte drink uh yeah and i need to put down the chocolate uh, well it, i mean it might not always be <laughs> that as well but i think that's uh you know an interesting point of diet changes as well as people kind of beat themselves up for uh you know wanting a certain food and then not allowing themselves to have a certain food but actually uh let's take a look at what that food is why are you craving it it could be like something to do with the texture of the food and actually you can make um there you know simple changes with uh with that food to say if it's um i'm just thinking the crisps maybe making then like cheese crisps with 
which you can do in the oven, just braiding cheese and put it in the oven and then it crisps up. So it's finding those kind of swaps that actually satisfy your craving and but nourishes you and serves your body yeah. um, in the same way. Yeah, that's a great point that, you know, there's ways to navigate this and progress. Again, yeah. not, not the either or, it's, it's maybe a progression towards something that would evolve. And it's amazing when, you know, you do take it that one step at a time, how members then start to really notice how those foods play into their well-being of, of you know, when I'm having um, actually more fats in the morning, uh, I'm feeling so much more energized and full rather than, you know, having a, that bowl of porridge that I think every, a lot of people typically think, oh, that's going to really energize me and keep me really full. But for me, if I have a bowl of porridge, I'm going to be hungry like in an hour yeah. and and actually um, I'm not feeling too great, you know, definitely having brain fog. So um, yeah, just kind of really leaning, leaning into how you respond to food um, because we are all different as well. And, and some of us can handle um, more carbs than others. Some of us respond to planned foods better than others, yeah. um, you know, with our gut and fiber and things like that. So um, yeah, just really kind of leaning in and listening is such like a simple thing, but such a key part of it yeah. in, in everyone sort of becoming their own health expert in a way. Uh, yeah, I'm doing I mean, myself out of you have one body, right? And uh you need to be the expert in it or at least advocate, you know, and not exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we kind of touched on it a little bit, um, how nutrition can negatively impact. What are some things that are nourishing for rest and recovery? Ooh, um, good point. I, I would say, um, organ might be not favorable, favorable for everyone, but I would say organ meat is a fantastic, um, source and actually that would be if I could have one food for the rest of my life I think I would pick organ meat and uh, a bone broth as well so a really good homemade bone broth um, which is rich in uh, minerals and collagen which will restore your uh, mucosal lining in your gut um, and then organ meat is just a fantastic source of nutri- bioavailable nutrients um, that also quite gentle on the gut as well. Um, so I think a lot of people can maybe reach for uh, a smoothie or something like that, but actually uh, that can be quite aggravating, um, you know, with high, if, especially if it's high in sugars, uh, aggravating your blood sugar levels, but also your gut as well. So um, okay. yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, organ meat, um, bone broth, quite, easy to digest foods um like say if you are having vegetables maybe have them in like a puree um that kind of thing okay great well um thank you so much for your time and um want to be respectful for it but i like to close things out with a few personal questions yeah um, yeah so what are you reading right now oh oh i've got a couple um on the go so i've got 
um, I'm going to get the name wrong, Mastery uh, Inflammation by Dr. Alex uh, Barkas. I'm probably butchering his name there. <laughs> and uh, Deep Nutrition by uh, Catherine um, Sheehan. Okay. Great. Um, what are you listening to right now, be it music or podcast? Oh, um, I'd say uh, Mike Mutzel is always on the top and uh, music is I will say music actually because <laughs> um, fantastic uh, band called the gloaming and um, they're an Irish instrumental folk uh, band and uh, they're just beautiful what um, what the gloaming the gloaming yes so uh, g-l-o-a-m-i-n-g Okay. Um, and they're just, yeah, they're just beautiful, and they'll send your um, parasympathetic nervous system into a dizzy. <laughs> All right, I'll have to check them out. That sounds interesting. Um, okay, so what's your go-to rest and recovery method? Oh, I would say in the going for a walk in the morning. I think that's one of my. Uh, I don't think I could live without that, just kind of getting that morning light into your eye and then that time uh, just away from all devices. Yeah. Going to walk. Yeah. I think that's that's the top one for me. And then probably organ meat, <laughs> I would say as well. <laughs> that's one area I've not ventured yet. I've heard from a variety of folks that it's some of the best stuff for you, but um haven't gone there yet. Yeah. All- I'll try it. I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're, I was totally against it for uh real, like up until my early twenties, I would, I would want to eat it because all my family loved it and I couldn't fathom why. Uh, so <laughs> I felt like I was missing out, but I hated it. And then um, I think pâtés are a great way to start having it. And then over time, I just my yeah, my taste developed for it. Do you have a favorite uh, recipe? Being, I, from my understanding, organ meats are kind of harder to prepare for. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'd <laughs> say um, livers, especially if you start off with chicken livers, they're sort of milder in taste. Um, organic as well, if you can, because um, the you know it's a storage unit for toxins as well as the good stuff. So uh, you know, trying to get um, organic when you can. So yeah, I would say organic chicken livers, and then one of my favorite ways is having them with a salad and like a really uh vinegary kind of french vinaigrette um and some walnuts and leaves and uh and then chicken livers okay yeah which is lovely do do you grill the chicken yeah just really quickly um in a pan and i guess it's depending on your taste and if you want to have it like rare or kind of more well done um, I think probably depending on how how much you like livers. <laughs> <laughs> Again, experiment, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Or indeed, you know what some people do if you want to have them kind of more of a, a supplement is just chopping it up and freezing it and just taking it. Um, well, that's a good point. Kind of create your own little pill. Exactly. Yeah. So I never thought of that. Um, you could try. Yeah. <laughs> start off and then you know you never know you might start craving it <laughs> <laughs> maybe at least microscopically drop it in that smoothie too i guess exactly blend yeah. it up 
Uh, or actually, sorry, I only just remembered. Um, but what I did do, I had, was creating, I think it was a, a ragu um, for people for a dinner party. And so I just decided I'd grate in, I froze some livers and I grated it into the, the ragu and no one knew that there was any livers in it. And it made it taste fantastic. So uh, yeah, there's a, there's a hack around it. Yeah. You want to yeah. sneak it in. It makes me think of a cookbook. I remember seeing when we had uh, our kids were smaller, there was one that was put out and it was like trying to, how do you get your kids to eat vegetables? And it was like creative ways to blend vegetables into other foods, but <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They'll never know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rachel, um, one, thank you for sharing your story uh, of survival through cancer and, and your mission with SPAN. Um, how can folks find more out about SPAN and, and get on the platform? Yeah, so um, the website is probably the best place to, to go. So um, www.span.health. Uh, we have an Instagram. We're on kind of pretty much all socials as well, Instagram and uh, Twitter and then LinkedIn too. But yeah, if you head to the website, that's probably the best way. And then you can uh, sign up with your email. We'd be in touch. Great, great. Well, thank you for joining me. No, thank you. Thank you so much for listening in on my conversation with Rachel. Talked a lot about the impact of nutrition on our wellness and gut health, among uh, other things, and the effect of food on our mood and how it can influence, uh, and especially the cravings piece. That was the most interesting piece for me. Please check out their website at span.health and uh, share this episode far and wide for anyone that needs to hear it. Uh, Our mission is to educate, equip, and empower folks with the tools to live this one life well. So the more people get to hear this, uh, the better life we can lead. So thank you so much. Be rested. Be well.